0: Hello, this is Back to the Point. We're back for the start of the 2019-2020 campaign, which is going to get started in another few days here. And uh, my name is David. I'm one of your hosts. And uh, Ian, how was your summer?
1: Uh, it's been good. Yeah, I yeah. had a, a nice uh, time to get over how the season ended last year. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think go- going into the summer, I just kind of put hockey away and you just have a break from it all. And then the, it's like the interest that I have, it kind of fades. And then as soon as the season starts again, it just ramps right back up. Right.
1: Yeah. It's like a nice rest. It's like, Oh yeah. You know what? It is healthy to not obsess over something uh, literally <laughs> 365 days. It's good to have like a hundred days off.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and three, three solid months of that or so, I guess it's not quite like that with free agency, and uh the draft and things like that, yeah, but that stuff's kind of annoying because it's like uh, there's still news coming out about things that are happening, but it doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter that there's much like a,
1: there's like a good like three two and a half three weeks after the Stanley Cup is handed out, yeah, where things are just quiet and dead, which is mm-hmm. nice, and then obviously, since all the GMs are in the same place, the draft things happen at the draft, and obviously you get new players at the draft, so that's interesting. And, and then free agency is like two days
0: later, whatever. So, yeah, I should say it, it's it's important stuff that happens for franchises. But unless fan. you're picking up a really big free agent or a really big trade, it's uh, it's definitely less exciting than than anything else in the regular season, I suppose. But, mm-hmm. you know, last year at the start of training camp, we got Eric Carlson and that was
1: yeah, very
0: exciting. Right. So mm-hmm. none of that this year. We were pretty excited that Joe Thornton came back, but that was pretty except, uh, expected. Yeah, uh, Probably more <laughs> sadness this offseason overall, right?
1: Yeah. Pavelski has left us. We, we have talked at length about that. I wonder if our opinions have changed. Um,
0: I'm just more yeah. numb to it, I guess.
1: I mean, it's going to uh, – Every once in a while, Dallas uh, – The Dallas Stars, like, tweet out, Pavelski looks good in training camp, and I'm like – the teal your face <laughs> yeah a stop talking b yeah. i'm petty about him leaving and i'm continue to be petty about him leaving because it's more fun that way and uh the teal he's wearing is the wrong hue so he should fix that <laughs> that's not that's nowhere close to teal dude <laughs> teal is blue with a little bit of green his just has not <laughs> enough blue in it <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of Joe uh, I think Joe this, Thornton... this
0: whole fascination and your... <laughs> you're very into being petty as far as sports oh, go, fun. which I think is interesting. Yeah. I mean,
1: sports are just about entertainment for a fan, right? For a uh, For a player and a coach, obviously, it's like their livelihood and their trade and craft and their job. But for like fans, like as an adult with a job, like there's something to be said about having a long day of work. And then you come home and you can relax and forget about whatever is bothering you. And you can just watch a game of something that you enjoy. And, like, once I started, like, entering, once I entered the professional realm, I, like, understood sports and, like, that kind of side at a whole new level than I did when I was, like, a college student or earlier in high school and stuff like that when I first started watching. So ever since then, I've just been like, yeah, dude sports are an entertainment industry you know they 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 reference that every once in a while but like there's a reason why the insiders have so many followers and stuff because like they kind of create some drama and that's fun and like yeah it's just more interesting that way and if a player wants to leave like i'm gonna have fun with him leaving and be petty about his decision because it's a little more fun do i actually <laughs> truly feel this way No, like he can do whatever he wants. And, you know, he made a good decision for his family to he only is going to be able to work for at this level from like, you know, his mid 20s to like early 30s. And then it's that's it, you know, and obviously his life is going to be a little bit different with all of his injuries he's had. So, you know, he should make the most of it right now so he can, you know, have a good life for his kids and his kids, kids. And, you know, like there's totally nothing wrong with that. So go go chase the money, totally. Yeah. And From, in fact, that makes yeah. it more fun because then when more people sign bigger contracts, that means there's more like cap issues that comes along with it. So,
0: yeah. Like, but as far as as far as the uh, the fan standpoint, you can be crushed, right? And, and yeah, like you it's say, very be sad petty. to see
1: him leave, especially <laughs> especially almostly. It's like in terms of like I feel like Pavelski leaving what he did is almost more impactful than Marlowe because when Marlowe in terms of like meaningfulness to the team in in terms of like being a core piece, like Marlowe was a core piece, uh, like, Oh, what's that? Like when you're a honorary professor, what are you called?
0: Uh, with distinction or no, tenured?
1: Like, like, uh,
0: Emeritus. <laughs> he oh, okay. was
1: he, he was like the core. He was like a core emeritus member because like he had been there <laughs> and he was respected and we wanted to give him special place. Yeah. But like in terms of production and stuff, like he was he was still. Well, given he was a like,
0: second line player at that point, right? Yeah, so. second,
1: maybe third at that point because he didn't have some good seasons before that, except for the season he left when he scored twenty seven goals, but. You know, the season before that wasn't so good, but mm. Pavelski leaving, scoring 38, and like still being like the face of the team, and like he was the captain of the. Was he the captain of the 2014 Winter Olympics when everyone was allowed to all NHL players were lead to be there?
0: Because I, I know think he was like the captain, but I'm yeah. not. I'm not totally sure. Yeah, he, wasn't, he, he was. not He was in
1: London, or not London? Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver, and then he was in Sochi. And so, you know, the whole Captain America thing, it's its a special place for sure, but I choose to be petty about him leaving, even though I respect him. Oh, it's
0: very sad. I mean, w- along with what the Marlowe 'cause Because that was the year that Marlowe and Thornton were in their contract years, and they yeah. were both like 38. So you could apply that <laughs> player emeritus <laughs> to both of them. But Pavelski, I think there was an expectation that, oh yeah, Pavelski's coming back. So when things yeah. kind of fell apart and he... Ended up going another direction. I think it was a little bit surprising, at yeah, least for me.
1: It was. And, I mean, he had said that too. He's like, "Yeah, I'm coming back."
0: Yeah. So I was like, well, like, okay, we, cool, it's like you'll we we're going to find out. a way for Pavelski to come back, right? There, that's the assumption, and that that assumption was not mm-hmm. uh, brought to fruition. So, yeah, I think uh,
1: I've had a couple months to move on.
0: Yeah, and my no, it's
1: definitely
0: uh, it's definitely sad. More if I get into thinking about it, but I'm relatively numb and 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 can move on um are you like hope, truly numb or you just like have kind of moved on i mean it's hard to distinguish the one from the other but i think there's <laughs> a little bit of both right okay like i you've said you've taken if this I harder about, than I if i think about it i'll be sad yeah um but i'm I also like... excited for like the future of the team yeah i uh, think so too I, I i guess this could lead into our first our first topic of discussion about the team so I just—I did, just a, I did just want as... to bring
1: something up earlier. You opened the podcast talking about Thornton and Carlson, and those yeah. are two players who, in the first time, well, maybe not for Carlson, but in terms of when he played for us last year, but him and Thornton both have had a full and complete summer without. Well, Carlson has had rehab, but now he's finally healthy and playing for us. But Thornton has had a whole summer of rehab, or rehab free. So now he has been able which he hasn't had to be had to do in like 3 years, 2 3 years where he hasn't had to completely like bring his knee back
0: mm-hmm.
1: from like shambles
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then also get ready for the year. So I'm really excited to see what Thornton's done. And maybe you knew this all along as a uh of you know someone in the medical field, but like for me it's like oh yeah, he's he gets injured and is out for the, uh, you know, for three months and then he'll be back once the season starts and be ready to go. But I think I didn't fully understand how much impact like may- rehabbing major injuries can have on like the next year, you know, like, like th- the following year. Yeah. 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 So like, if you get hurt towards the end of the year, you're going to rehab through the summer and then you're starting training, you know, coming into training camp, not fully fit, like specifically I'm thinking of Radeem Shimek too, or now, right? He like he went down earlier and he's been rehabbing for a while and he's getting close to being able to like skate in the ice and stuff like that. But like his year is gonna look different than if he wouldn't have been injured. Right. Oh, yeah, like for sure. When he and when starts it, playing, it's it's not gonna be hundred percent.
0: And when it comes to ACL rehabs, I mean that's that's like a year plus generally that you're looking before you're back to 100 percent right maybe maybe fresh on the athletes you can lower that but everybody's different Mm -hmm. and that is something major to come back from it's going to take a long time to build strength and stability and just get back to the level that you were at before so yeah there's a lot that goes into it and you're probably i mean these professional athletes are coming back after 6 months or maybe less sometimes and they are not at 100% at that time, right? Yeah, so, and that's something that I think you've really helped me understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's which uh, is cool. Uh, and I think I there's this perception that. that like oh, upper body injury out for 4 weeks, but the reality of the situation is um like depending on what the thing is and what the person is going through, that could involve some complications along the way. It may take longer. Um A lot of these guys are generally pretty well. They have really good nutrition and other things that are going to help with recovery. So uh, as far as the general population goes, they're probably going to get the best treatment available to get better. But you, a specific type of injury is a specific type of injury that has a risk factors involved potentially, and it could potentially change. Some injuries can change a person's career forever right yeah which
1: i think we've seen yeah hurdle be affected for multiple years so not necessarily forever but it took them a couple years to get back from it and you know you see someone like danny boyle who it did change forever
0: and not only the from the physical standpoint but there's also this aspect of you know sports psychology i mean somebody can maybe rehab to the point where they're physically 90 to 100 percent back of their prior capacity but that time spent away from what they were doing yeah. rehabbing and um, getting away from the game or whatever. There's, there's other factors and it could, yeah, that's they could exactly... be doubting themselves or, or there could be like fear potentially of using their body, even though, you know, tissues heal and um, your body can be restored. There, there could be apprehension for some people and that plays a role in how they get back to playing the game. And, and that could add time Back to that one hundred percent or full, full aptitude. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's not really thought about, right? So yeah. there's there's aspects beyond the physical part that are that are at play as well.
1: Yeah, I think you, we've seen that with Andrew Luck in the NFL. Like he retired uh, younger than most people thought, kind of out of the blue. And he and he said in his like press conference when he left, he said uh i i've spent the last like so many years just constantly rehabbing and like i'm just mentally like not in good space and i think it's best for me to like retire and i was mm-hmm. like dang and so many people are like what you can't retire and i think i like on you know fan reaction even like pundit reaction i think that kind of just shows that what you're just talking about i think um w- as fans and people who watch the game and don't play the game i don't think we really get that I think we're starting to understand it a little bit more as kind of people speak up more about it, but like um, you can just see from how people react like that, people don't consider that.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a it can be a pretty heavy physical toll and sometimes yeah. a mental, emotional toll. And even toll. yeah, and so, with the concussion stuff, there's a lot of yeah. cognitive, mental, emotional stuff that can be involved with those injuries as well. Yeah, That places a heavy burden on individuals and their families and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's especially one of the things why this that needs to be addressed and part of why I get so upset about how it's handled in the NHL, right? Yeah. And people just aren't aware. They disregard that or they, they put the common or this old <clears throat> traditional idea of, like, suck it up and play through it and stuff. But these are things that can have – devastating consequences for people and their lives
1: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and like even kind of just like put an end on this conversation when uh when a player comes back and they've fully healed not fully healed but they're ready to come back on the ice i think these past couple seasons as sharks fans have really shown us that just because they're on the ice playing doesn't mean they're like fully back to where they were before they left their ice. I think I really understand – I mean, you probably understand it even more than I do, but now I think I really kind of get it. Mm -hmm. So,
0: Yeah, and we can – it's like you can have a a background understanding, but I think still as fans, you're like, oh, this person's back, and you get excited and you don't really think about it unless you really take time to think about it. But those are things that are in the background at play. Um, We just kind of get excited like, oh, he's back and stuff. But as far as performance goes and how the team is going to do – um, mm-hmm. Just because, like you said, somebody's back on the ice doesn't mean they or the team as it pertains to them contributing is is automatically going to be back to where they would be at 100% or full yeah. capacity,
1: right? Yeah, and with Bavowski leaving, I seriously think he's going to decline a lot earlier than Thornton has just because the amount of injuries that person has sustained. Like, yeah. Pavelski just, I mean, you watch it as a Sharks fan. He would just sit in front of the net, and he would take like five, six penalties in a row that just went uncalled. They would slash him. They would hack him. They would body, you know, interfere with him, trip him, like all sort of that stuff. He'd just get whacked and whacked and whacked and whacked, which is completely why he was so injured all the time. But it just like never was called. And now thinking of him going to another team and just like aging out, Uh, just as he gets older, I think he's going to have a big drop-off when his injuries finally come up with him. And I'm kind of glad I don't have to watch that. Yeah, Yeah. you know, like, time will tell. I could be wrong, but no one escapes time. And I'm glad that he's on a different team when you have to see your hero kind of fall from the light a little bit. You know, So I'm I'm glad I don't kind of have to go through that part with him. Like, we can leave our best memories of him are at his best and not, like, our most recent memories are also at his best instead of, um, you know, him kind of trending downwards. So I do like that. It's, like, a good closure instead of, like, oh, he should have, you know, done this or that. So
0: Yeah. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, there's a new season ahead, and kind of what I was going to get at is, with the departures of Pavelski and Donskoy uh, and Nyquist, some, some forwards that offered... You know, probably 50 plus goals uh, combined, maybe 60 plus goals combined. Um, The team is going to have to find production uh, in other areas. People have been talking about young players in the prospect system that could potentially be joining the lineup. But uh, what are your thoughts on how the team might perform uh, maybe in the first few months of the season and uh, how they're going to adjust for loss in production or loss of offensive players? Yeah,
1: I think a lot has been said about that, and I think what you just said was really good. Pavelski scored thirty-eight goals last season, and Donskoy scored fourteen. And people pretty much only and then to include uh, Nyquist, who only played nineteen games with us, uh, he scored six. So, you know, I, I I'm gonna feel free to dis disclose those. Um, but yeah, that like, it's like thirteen. Well, sorry. Fourteen plus thirty-eight. That's fifty-two goals that we have to replace, and people are only talking about thirty-eight from Pavelski. So, yeah, you know that's that's really interesting. Um, I think a big thing here is uh, even if no one comes in to fill that role, uh, just having a healthy Eric Carlson who scored three goals all season for us. <laughs> yeah, right. Let me just like sort by goals and <laughs> find this guy. Um. Yeah, you know, he – yeah, three goals the whole season. He played 53 games and had 45 points, but three of them are goals. And if you look historically at Eric Carlson, he's put up uh, much better goal numbers. Um, Just looking at the past couple of seasons, uh, 9, 17, 16, 21, 20 goals, all 70-plus games. So, like – and the last season when it was 2017, 2018 with audio when he scored nine goals, that was when uh, Ottawa just like fully tanked. So you can, you should be able to expect him in the teens to twenties, uh, like yeah, teens to 20 goals. <clears throat> so I think we can more or less account for, you know, uh, a um, Jonas Donskoy amount of goals from Carlson. So, mm-hmm. to me, that's filled by Carlson alone, right? And, he, and then, even if you look at uh, Burns, I think Burns had a little bit less goals this year, too. Um, yeah, I think he was in yeah, the Yeah, he teens had 16. Somewhere. Yeah. He had 16, and he's almost scored 30 before, right? So, you know, you expect about 10 more from him, right? You expect him into 20, 25 goals. So now, now we're looking at replacing 28 goals. Uh, LeBanc is going to be playing first-line minutes or second-line minutes, like, at the least. So he scored 17 goals. I can see him above 20, 20 to 5, you know, 20, 25 goals. Mm-hmm. Honestly, he could be a 30-goal player. Like, we truly don't know. He had, and the second half, maybe the last quarter of the season, he really um, figured out his entire game instead of just the offensive side. And I saw him really flourish. So I'm really excited to see what he does with his one year, $1 million ultra bet on himself thing that he does. I mean, he scored 56 points last season playing on the third line. So if he has better line mates who can finish some of his passes, you know, he finishes better than he did. Um, I could, you know, I could see him doubling his, maybe not doubling, but you know, in getting close to thirty goals. Right. Like you have seen his shot. He's gonna get more power play time. So those are the people I think that are probably gonna replace about half of the goals we lost. I don't know if you have any other people in mind, but what do you think?
0: Yeah, I agree with what you're saying about Carlson getting to that teen mark and uh replacing Don Skoy's production. And Don Skoy is one of those players that was very hot, very hot and cold. He had like a really mm. good stretch during this last season and kind of tanked afterwards. And For before that, wasn't games. doing that too great either.
1: Yeah. And... So when you say that stretch of good, honestly, the thing that's so frustrating is he, he appears so good, but it literally lasts like two weeks.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and then and it's as far as so cold. Yeah. It's sad. It, it's disappointing that he kind of couldn't get to a different place when he was with the team. Yep. Nyquist, uh, I mean, that's another player that's probably going to get filled by, um, like a prospect or, or an AHL guy. Mm-hmm. And you don't know if that's going to be somebody that's going to add like five goals or maybe have a breakout get like 15, yeah. but I <laughs> think the loss of Pavelski is the big thing. Uh, yeah. not only will Carlson probably get more goals if he stays healthy, um, the amount of playmaking that he's going to be able to generate with Burns. So Mm, there might be more love to share between the whole forward core as a whole, Yeah, but still, what was it? 38, 39 goals that Pavelski had. You're going to have a gap there. And I think what you said about LeBanc probably getting some more goals. I think that's going to be true if he is able to be more consistent and play at that high level at that he was doing in the high in the playoffs, sorry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Doug Wilson is looking to make moves midseason uh, if some of the prospects are not generating enough. And yeah. I just don't know what that looks like. I haven't thought about it very much, to be honest. I think the team is good enough to come out of the gate and do relatively well. Yeah, uh, They're probably going to have to do stuff by the trade deadline to bolster and solidify their team for a playoff push. And... Like I said, I don't really have any ideas about that right now. I'm just mm-hmm. excited to see <laughs> everybody be healthy again. And uh, hopefully the systems, I think, I think something needs to be said about the systems because mm-hmm. uh, our, our power play definitely um, could be better this year. It was really struggling in the playoffs. And then as far as the penalty kill goes, they were really good for most of the year, but started to drop off towards the end. And not having Pavelski as that stalwart net front presence to get tips. Like you, you've mentioned this and we've talked about this multiple times before about how the sharks offense revolves around getting shots from the point, looking for tips, looking for deflections, looking for chaos to make something happen from those shots from the point Mm -hmm. and not having Pavelski as that centerpiece. I don't know if the system is going to have to change somewhat drastically to account for that because, you know, Evander Kane's probably not going to serve the same role that Pavelski did if he's that net front yeah. guy, whoever they're replacing him with. So the system has got to change a little bit, and that's going to have repercussions on how offense is generated as a whole. I still think you're going to have that back end heavy shot producing thing just because you have Carlson and Burns, like two Norris Trophy offensive defensemen. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what that looks like. So, I mean, what are your thoughts about the systems?
1: Yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, I think going back to one thing you said is, uh, oh, what was it? Um, but yeah, just some of the prospects. I think. Oh, you said you're for you're you're sure that at the trade deadline, Wilson's going to try to get someone. Um, I think we'll have to. I didn't see. say I'm
0: sure. I just think that that's likely. Yeah.
1: And Cause the I, team's I going for
0: win now again. Right. So,
1: yeah, I agree with you. I think we're, there's, uh, uh, Kevin Kerr's and a lot of the other, uh, beat writers were really excited to see, uh, Sasha Chemilevsky and, uh, Ivan Chekovich. Mm-hmm. If you can, if I'm pronouncing those right. Yeah. Um, and how they would do, uh, coming out of training camp and, uh, I actually was able to go to a game at the rookie tournament because I lived there, and they played NHL players on, on the ice that I was – or, you know, AHL and major junior players on the ice that I play adult hockey at. So that was really fun. Got to talk with uh, Mario Ferraro and Ryan Merkley and Justin uh, v- Jeffrey Veal-Truchon and Joachim Blickfield. So that was really cool. Um, So I really enjoyed that. But starting at that tournament, you saw that Chekovich and Chmielski and then going into this preseason, um, they've just uh, not really been as advertised at all. And they actually are back with their AHL teams. They're back yeah. in the AHL right now when I think everyone expected at least one of them to make the roster. So that's been a bit of a surprise. And there's been a couple people who have um, made a push. Um, and who knows what's going to happen, I think, Leon Bergman has been interesting, and Doug Wilson is or uh, DeBoer has mentioned his name a lot, so it, it seems like he might make the team. And so, so
0: hold on, I mm-hmm. I probably don't have as clear of an idea as the prospects. But Leon yeah. Bergman is he one of the ones that was picked up from Europe? He's a, this he's past a European season? free agent. Yeah, was he picked up this past season or last last uh, like over I don't, a year ago? I
1: don't remember. Um, yeah, I don't have so it unreliable,
0: Ian. Yeah,
1: sorry. Um, but I think the names that people have forgotten, I think, are kind of, or just kind of left out of that conversation, are going to be the names that probably end up making the camp from what it looks like right now. Mm-hmm. Um, people like Auntie Suomila, like he hasn't gotten a whole lot of love, but I can see him. You well, know, he's he got was... NHL
0: experience, right?
1: Yeah. And I think uh, DeBoer hasn't been super high in his praises right now, but I still think he's in that conversation. I think Dylan Gambrell. Um, He had a two-goal night the other night. Um, Sometimes he's a little bit of a streaky streaky player, and he makes a couple of nice moves, so it's all there, but he's just inconsistent. So, um, and, you know, he has NHL experience as well. And then we also picked up Johnny Brodzinski, um, a former Kings prospect, and he looks like he likely will make the team and maybe even play in that third line with Thornton and Marcus Sorensen they keep that pairing together so it looks like some of the people that people weren't talking about might end up making the team and we also have this two plus million dollars in cap space and i think our prospects haven't been filling in the way we thought they would because doug wilson said we're going to give the young players a chance to prove themselves and we've seen through the rookie tournament and through almost the entire preseason right now no one's really running away with it Mm-hmm. who has the ability to fill in. Like we have four spots for right wingers and currently there's only the <laughs> We need three players on the roster. Realistically, we're going to be there and then we need to improve our fourth line as well. So I really think that even if we bring in all these players from training camp and we're doing okay, you bring up this great point that like we need, we're win now, regardless of what we're doing, Doug Wilson is going to go out there and he's going to improve He's going to pick up someone just for the sake of depth. Yeah, maybe you know if we get through November and it's very clear that there's an issue there. That same last time that happened when Marlowe left, we went out and got Evander Kane at the trade deadline. Will we make a big splash like that? No, but you know you could see that two million dollar plus cap space plus like Melker Carlson being shipped out for someone. You know, so I think we definitely should be looking for a move this off season. This uh, season. Of some degree, whether or not it's just like a depth player pickup, if the people who join the roster actually produce well, or if we have an issue, we're going to get some depth and you might be able to expect something going off. Yeah. So that's a very long-winded answer. I'm sorry. I'll have a very short answer for the second Don't question. worry. I was long-winded as well.
0: Yeah, it's okay. <laughs>
1: um, we kind of talked about how we have expect. We, we basically expect everyone on the current roster to account for probably about half the goals left right and we haven't even talked about any goals scored from any of the people who might join the roster mm-hmm. like players going to play in the first or the second third or fourth line you know those players are probably going to pick up like 5 to 10 goals each right mm-hmm. so it's like we can just say 15 goals there relatively
0: so, safely we can say that yeah, those people yeah. might yeah
1: if you look at the the sharks scored the second most goals in the NHL, tied for second most goals in the NHL last season with 289 and Tampa scored 319 and uh, Calgary was tied with us for 289. If we scored, let's say 15 less goals, we're still fifth in the league. According to last year's goal scoring, we would have been tied with for fifth with 274 with the Washington Capitals. Yeah. When you're saying, I think the system might need to change to make up for this lack of goal scoring. Also accounting for the tipping coming from Pavelski. I don't necessarily think we're gonna have to change due to the lack of goal scoring, because I think if we tighten up the defense like we have kind of committed to with Bugner coming in. And um, who and you know, he did wonder for our teams for our teams on the way to the Stanley Cup final, made Burns a a Norris defenseman, and now he has everyone to work with plus Carlson. Like I think we're gonna see a lot from ID, and I'm really interested. And uh, we saw um, Martin Jones pick himself up from the ashes like a Phoenix and be a completely different <laughs> Indeed, goalie right? in the rest of the playoffs.
0: <laughs> right, yeah.
1: So I'm hoping that that, you know, those 20 games or so, you know, he had like that has, a, you know, a race last season. He, it's preseason, so nothing matters right now. But historically, I would expect him to not play like last season. Mm-hmm. So I think if we just have a normal defense and we don't let in as much, I think we're fine with not scoring as many goals. Yeah. And I think we can just simply not score as many goals and not necessarily completely replace all the goals we lost last season and still be totally fine.
0: Yeah. I think more of what I was saying with our system changing, Mm -hmm. beyond just the number of goals that need to be scored, I think it probably more has to do with the Pavelski situation because he was such a centerpiece. Yeah. And uh you know, Burns, for example, him and him and Pavelski were kind of a partner. He was as far as the forwards that he was looking to, you know, shoot for tips for, Pavelski would probably be one of the main guys, right? Is yeah. there any other player that he would have that same chemistry with? I would I would argue no. So I um I don't know. I, I think it would be interesting to there was a season like a few years ago where I feel like the sharks were playing a little bit more off the rush. And I definitely don't want that to be all of their game just because that's not the sharks bread and butter and their foundation, but maybe incorporating a little bit more of that. But part of that, it's difficult because you play in the Western conference, you play in the Pacific division where you can't really control all that. You, you, you can't just like say, Oh, I'm going to play off the rush. Uh, if If the other team's game plan is not really allowing that, but yeah. uh, maybe with some incorporation of these younger players like a quicker uh fast break type offense um and you you yeah. you have the back end capability to be able to do that and uh yeah i don't know it's there's a lot of question marks I think with the the system, and I think you mentioned Bob Bugner and having him back on the team people gave him a lot of credit and i hope that's still founded that the defense will sharpen up again because i think we need more from our defense and goaltending you had mentioned yeah. martin jones but the defensive play needs to be better because i think i heard i don't have any definite stat but i thought i heard recently on social media that the sharks um maybe it was the dudes on a hockey podcast but they were saying how mm-hmm. the sharks gave up like some of the highest amount of high danger scoring chances last year. And yeah. that's just not a place you want to be in. Right.
1: Yeah. I, I was, uh, they did
0: talk about that and it was specifically in
1: reference to Dom Luchison's, uh
0: review team, of the team. preview
1: uh-huh. um, that came out for the athletic. And basically he confirmed through looking through data and, and using math and, uh, you know, advanced stats that kind of isolate the goalies poor play and then also the defense is poor play and it wasn't one or the other. It was both. Yeah. And you can kind of see how they might flywheel into each other, right? The goal, the defense is playing, especially porous. So you end up letting in more shots, even if you're expected to let in more shots, yeah. but since you're letting in more shots, then maybe that kind of shakes your confidence and your mental state and you end up playing a little bit worse. Yeah. So I'm really excited for them to turn around and I fully believe they will. Um, I think that there is an open spot in practice before anyone else gets there to tip Burns' shots. <clears throat> so I, I heard that Dylan Gambrell had been kind of doing that, and I think that's a really good way for him to, uh, you know, kind of carve a little space for himself on the team, you know. I think that's really good. I would love for him to be there. I also think one thing I could see changing is – a little bit more off the rush for this team because Carlson is fully healthy and fully integrated into the team now. Yeah. Um, we've seen what he ridiculousness rush, he can right? do. Yeah. <laughs> <By> dude. <himself. laughs> I'm a man. Okay. I will save something. It's gonna be So later. fun to watch him. Yeah. Okay. He's like the most fun player to watch. I love Timo. On our Teemo team.
0: Stan. on our team. Yes. Yeah. I think like, we had Connor McDavid. We might.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> But, but he's still, not a Eric defenseman. Carlson. He's not a defenseman. Eric Carlson though. is pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah. So
1: I have Eric Carlson personally as the most fun player to watch on the Sharks. Yeah. And even though I care more when Timo scores, of course, I love you him more, of course you do. It's hard for me to admit that I think I like watching Eric Carlson more, but I love Timo more, if that makes more sense. But, but regardless of all that, me bearing my heart, um,
0: I'm going to share later what you said that was very contentious regarding Timo and another player. He won't,
1: he won't hear. He won't hear. Don't let him hear. <laughs>
0: um,
1: I think that they, the Sharks might be a little bit more mobile from the point. You know, I think mm. Burns is very comfortable, and he has all the reason to be super comfortable firing shots from that area because the Sharks system does have multi-layered screens there, and Pavelski is a wizard and scored a ton of goals that way. Um, but also, he scored a lot more goals than he normally did last year, doing the same thing. So, you know, maybe that can be replaced by someone else. But if Pavelski isn't there, like people still got a lot of tips off of Burns' shots. Obviously, Pavelski and Burns had a special relationship. I think there's a opportunity for someone to try to foster that as well. Mm-hmm. I think tipping is a learned skill. It's just repetition and practice. I don't think it's it's really just physical reflexes it's not like creative uh thinking like maybe a uh, rush based like an eric carlson giving assists might be right it's literally
0: just hand-eye coordination it is but you could i would say there's that not no not like He has movement. the same hand-eye coordination ability right? yeah but I, I maybe i'm uh
1: uh not learned in this area but i think you could probably build that by practice
0: Yeah, that 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 goes into a debate of, Mm -hmm. I mean, nurture versus nature. I mean, what, how much, (laughs) how much, how far can you go with practice and repetition and training versus some people are just, uh, whether it's their uh, physical capacity, their mental capacity, uh, are just better at certain things, right? Yeah,
1: Um, I do think Pavelski learned that skill though. I think he did, because earlier in his career, and even just like a couple seasons ago, he wasn't like that. He, he started to I'm practice. Sorry, who are you talking about? Pavelski. He wasn't like what? He, like, these past two or three seasons, he's really shown how good he is at tipping. I think but, it's been longer than that. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I do think he's improved. I'll say that. And I think, I think... he improved from practice.
0: I think I understand where you're coming from though, but I also think that earlier in his career he probably had a different place on the depth chart and he didn't yeah, he hadn't really adopted it was just, that it was role just so yet. Different. And yeah. then as he became more of this one of the established players, he was able to showcase yeah. that more often, right?
1: Yeah. So he, I mean, at I least agree. we
0: know that he worked on that specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas maybe other players didn't emphasize that that type of training as much. Yeah.
1: So we'll we'll see. I I think there are people who can fill in there. Um, I think we might see Burns and Carlson maybe jump into play more because they don't have someone to rely on like that. But also, I think multi layered screens and shooting from that area will also generate the same thing, even if it's not tipped. These people are all NHL players; they're all capable of tipping pucks and. A lot of people scored off of those tips who who weren't Pavelski. So it's not like that element of the game is going to go away.
0: Oh, yeah. For but sure, I, I for do sure. think
1: there probably will be less reliance on that. And, and yeah. maybe there will be some burns, you know, going down the sidewall a little bit more and just freaking out the other team, figuring
0: out how to uh, do Yeah. I'd love that.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I, I do I think the think... system will change a little bit, but yeah, not drastically.
0: Carlson is probably going to get more of shots on net. We already m- mentioned that because he had a. You know, there are times where he like had some good shots and yeah,
1: yeah, He's a bit didn't unlucky. score.
0: Um, what are your thoughts about Joe Thornton and his performance coming up this year? Um,
1: Eric Carlson, with fifty three games, had the second most shots from a defenseman. Oh wow! On the Sharks,
0: Burns was number Burns one. Burns
1: had three hundred, which was close to leading the league, and Carlson had one hundred sixty nine. Oh, wow. He had more shots than LeBanc or Donskoy. Mm. Mm. Interesting fact.
0: Um, yeah, so Thorin, what do you think?
1: I think a, I think a whole year free of rehab will be huge
0: mm-hmm.
1: for him. Yeah, I, I mean, I honestly, it's getting closer to a calendar year than not. So I, I just think that's huge. I think that's going to, especially like later in the season and stuff. Um, but I think that will be really big because he's going to have an important play, important part of this team to bring in whoever ends up being on his third line wing and getting them introduced to the NHL. Um, it's going to probably be a little bit easier for that person, yeah, getting into the NHL having Thornton to drag them along and give them all these sweet passes. So, and what I've seen, I think I think he'll improve on last year or match. Yeah, right? what so I've had...
0: seen about Thornton as well, though, is. In the last couple of years, since he's gotten older and maybe played with a little bit more, uh, I, I don't know, abandon, I guess. Since he's had these injuries, it seems like he's shooting more. Maybe I'm just imagining. He, it, no, he did. He was he told seems to like shoot he does more shoot by Tabor,
1: and he started to shoot more. He's got a good shot.
0: <laughs> it looks kind of awkward. It looks like a, he takes a like previous a really generation. small slap shot a lot of times, right? Yeah, his like his like. Yeah, his wind up is really, is. really not very far back, but he he kind of slaps it a little bit.
1: <laughs> just think of Eric Carlson's like over one hundred eighty degrees, like backswing, like super high in the air slap shot versus Thornton's like little like clappy thing, and
0: it's just as strong. It's
1: just no, it's probably not, but like, yeah, no, no, but, but Thorian
0: is a big guy, right? So yeah, he's That does good. factor into that.
1: Yeah, how big is Carlson? Let me look this up.
0: Carlson's not that big though. He's like I don't know, probably like five nine, five ten. Uh, you are super
1: wrong. He's six foot and one hundred and ninety pounds, as per yeah. The NHL dude, those website. are
0: probably inflated.
1: Yeah, they probably are. You did know you hear that's that the inflated? Did you hear that the NBA said that uh, teams can no longer fudge the height and weight numbers? Oh, I haven't heard of that. And by training camp, they have to get them verified. <laughs> really? Yeah. <That's laughs> Which just reminds me, going back when I played club volleyball. We would go to these tournaments, we would go to like the Junior Olympics, and they would have this like booklet that showed every single team where they're from and the heights. And I don't think they did weight, but they did the height of all the players. And like everyone would say they were like three inches taller. And then you'd be like looking at the team you're about to play like, oh, my gosh, like the shortest person is like 6'3". Oh, no. (laughs) And then you get there and it's like, "Mm, that's not true. And then yeah, the coach yeah. would ask you, how tall are you? And, like, me knowing I'm 6'2", I'd be like – at the time, I'd be like, uh, yeah, like, 6'4"? And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like <laughs> – this brought me back a little bit. I thought that was funny. That's funny. Yeah. So he he's not huge,
0: yeah. I, I'd say he's probably a, a bit under 6 feet in reality. That's just my estimate.
1: Yeah. I don't know. People are taller in skates, too, so it's really hard but to But, you guess.
0: know, you, you see him, like – Yeah. You see pictures <laughs> of him not in his gear and, like yeah. – he doesn't seem like a very big guy. He's like pretty cut and everything, of course, but yeah. Joe Thornton yeah. is six, four and 220 pounds, according to the same source. So yeah, I believe difference. he would be actually six, four. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm excited. I think we've got a lot of things to look forward to. I think the, there are some people, I think if we didn't have to fill three roster spots on the on along the same position, you know, on the right wing, I think I'd feel a little bit better if it was just like two that we have to fill. But because it's three, I'm a little bit more, more weary um, that we'll be able to have three of these rookies come in and do it. Um, dude, I think Patty
0: Marlowe's waiting in the wings. I'm no, telling dude, you. That ship has sailed, and I'm all for it. <laughs> you think that ship Leaving is sailed? Leaving port.
1: Oh, 100%. <laughs> Doug Wilson straight up said it, right? Yeah, he said I've at this that. time, didn't he? Didn't he <laughs> oh, that That's qualifier? just the polite way of saying <laughs> oh, no.
0: but it does It, it does leave a question. <laughs> it mark leaves it open, Yes. Yeah. I mean, think about it, though. If, if, if they're trying these prospects and it's, like, really not working out. Yeah, but
1: the thing is, is, like, Marla at this point of his career is, like, a 35-point player.
0: That's the issue. Better than 20 points. 15, 20 points you can yeah, get from 15... one of those right
1: wings. 15, 20 points is, like, not even an NHL-level
0: defenseman. That, yeah, but that's that's the numbers that some some of these fourth line or yeah young but players would, can put up put up sometimes. I understand where you're coming from. I just disagree. I have hope still, is what
1: I'm saying. Have fun having hope.
0: <laughs> okay, I need to share the uh, what you said earlier. That's very contentious. So you oh, no. and I were talking before we got the podcast started, and we were on cap friendly looking at player salaries. And I noticed that Tomasz Hurdle is getting paid less than Timo Meyer. And right off the bat, Ian is like, "Well, yes, it's because he's a better player." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, wow, really? You're gonna say Timo Meyer is better than Tomasz Hurdle? And I, I definitely pushed back against that. So,
1: and uh, then I think, think what you will,
0: I, I think that that is kind of silly to to jump to that right away. I think well, Tomasz Hertl is a very, love and very bias good player. For Timo Mayer. He walked I will back say, on it a currently right now, I think. They're probably
1: about equal. They're a little bit different. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, they both – honestly, they kind of play a little bit similar. Difference being Tomas is a center, but they both kind of play that power game and have one-on-one moves.
0: I would yeah, also like to say – I think like they, have, say... they both have pretty good puck control. I think Hurdle has really remarkable ability to hold on to the puck. Yeah. And by, and by that ability, make stuff happen. is like a bull – right yeah, yeah. and he's got a good shot he like and he's got score. good one on
1: one moves they, they both do
0: yeah i will say and like you said you... like you said in this conversation it is different cuz hurdle's a center and timo's yeah. a wing which is a it's a big component of that argument yeah. so
1: you did say that hurdle timo gets paid more and i said are you looking at aav or salary and you said i'm looking at aav i said look at salary and you're like nope, still gets paid more and i am looking at salary timo gets paid 4 million in salary Tomash gets 6.25. Yeah, but
0: Ian, on that third year for Timo, okay, I, year, I was he, gets, just like he makes did this 10 year. million. He 10 million. And, for then, and year. then, what, uh, that year hurdles a UFA. The year before, he makes 5,500,000. 5.5 5 to 6. He so, makes yes. up for that later, right? So his overall, the AAV is. The, Timo, with
1: his contract, is a trendsetter. He designed this contract. So basically, that means that in the the year he becomes an RFA, the Sharks, in order to qualify him, have to give him a $10 million offer. So that's basically guaranteeing that his next contract is going to be roughly around $10 million. Mm -hmm. And once he did that, he did it first. The Sharks had no trouble signing him. And then after that, uh, like, three or four different players of these, like, high-end RFAs that were trying to, like, wait out this contract shenanigans over the summer. They all took the same type of deal, where they took a little bit lower AAV, but the last year is some ridiculous number, so I love it. My boy's a trendsetter.
0: Oh, dude, like you were saying, when you were talking about potentially Doug Wilson making a move at the trade deadline, you had Mm -hmm. mentioned you know, shipping out Melker Carlson, potentially. He has a $2 million cap hit. Like, that that's why he's talked about being shipped out all the time because yeah. he's like good, but
1: he's like for sure a fourth line player, and they should not make two million dollars.
0: Yeah. So that's that's an interesting thing, thing to yep. consider as far as our uh, remaining cap space goes. Because right now we are at two million six hundred thousand. I mean, almost two million seven. Yeah. Uh, and that is probably going to play a role. Totally. Later. In I will season. say
1: the only thing I don't think we've talked about, and we can talk about this briefly because I think it's not as big of a conversation, I think that's probably it, is there's a bit of a defensive opening right now. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, there is... uh, Justin Braun has left, and I think I always forget about that. It's sad. It's it's a little bit sad. Yeah, but I think he kind of priced himself out, and good for him to be moved uh, when he was going to have to sign his next contract. But I think the fact that we have... Carlson, Burns, and Vlasic, three. Just the fact that their partners are not going to be able to get a ton of ice time. Because those guys are going to eat up so much ice time. Yeah. That their partners should be on the lower end of the salary. And I worry that Brendan Dillon is going to have to get shipped out at some point. Because he's making $3.9 The And next season, he needs a new contract. And he's definitely better than a $4 million player right now. So that makes me worried. Mm-hmm. But we have Tim Heed. Dalton Prout, which was some rando that Doug picked up who everyone is crapping on, like the new Michael Haley. I'm about to mute Dalton Prout <laughs> on Twitter so I just can ignore the discussion already. <laughs> it's just so annoying that like you can talk about literally anything else that actually has true impact on the game, and instead you focus on the one thing that like kind of matters but is just annoying to you. Mm-hmm. So anyways, and then there's also, because and this is all because Radim Shemek is out. Right, Carlson mm-hmm. is going to be with Dylan. Burns is going to be with uh, Shemek when healthy. Eventually,
0: but that's the, that's the other thing. Shimek's out. Right, mm-hmm. he's going to be out at first. Yeah, and then Vlasic is going to need his
1: partner. Right. Yeah, and I'm I'm just naming the, the logical pairings. So there's an opening for like one player right now, and it right now well, it looks like well
0: two. Two probably, right?
1: Yeah, well, we, we signed Tim Heade, and there is uh, Dalton Prout that's been pulled up. There's also Jacob Middleton. So mm-hmm. it seems like there's two spots right now in the NHL roster to open the season that are going to be available, and it looks like uh, Mario Ferraro might make the roster. Yeah. Yeah, he's been playing a lot of NHL uh, the preseason games, and he's been playing a lot of minutes, and he's been getting good feedback, and it'll People be love People have liked him. Yeah, to me he looks like a, a little bit more offensive Brendan
0: Dillon. And he's bigger than uh, Merkley. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Seeing
1: Merkley in person, it's like, wow, you are a little I almost said little man and then I was like, that's so belittling.
0: Dude. But he's just a
1: young he's just <laughs> he punch you in the face. <laughs> I know. I didn't mean that that way. What I meant to say is he's just like a, a younger person. You're like, yeah. Oh yeah, Martin Ferraro like has kind of I'm not sure if he completed four years of college. Probably was just like two. Maybe three. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, you know, in his 20s, and um, Merkley is, like, he's 18 this year, mm-hmm. right? Also, he just got traded to the um, London Knights, which is interesting, which has made him le- leave camp earlier. Oh, my gosh, Merkley was born in the year 2000, and he's 19. That's crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so weird. You know what I think about... Kids of this generation, or like teenagers now. Are you about it's to age like, wow, You were you were born during or after Lord of the Rings being out in theaters. Like <laughs> you did not say like nine like, eleven. You like did not never experience <laughs> a nine eleven world, and instead, no, nothing so, so serious. Nothing so serious. It's so funny. No, oh, I so funny. I just I've thought about that before because at my old job, I worked with a lot of like adolescents, some of them athletes. And I, I saw those birthdays <laughs> of like late nineties or early two thousands. Yeah. I was like so they didn't get to see Lord of the Rings in <laughs> Now you're just no, aging man. yourself. Hey, those, now are, you're just... those are big time. <laughs>
1: yeah. Now you're just picking on
0: people who are younger than you just because they're younger than you. But uh I'm not picking on them. <laughs> I'm just that's sad that they didn't experience that in theaters, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. Um of Merkley, of note, uh last year they kept them to like the very last day, right? Because the sharks want to impress on him all these good things like he has the offensive characteristics to be the next Carlson, but his defense is crap and his attitude is even worse. So that's, I mean, his, his defense picked it up a little bit last year and that improved, but I think the sharks want as much time with him as possible to kind of really improve him in that way. But since he's not yet 20, he can't play in the AHL, which I think if he was able to be there, I think he might end up in the AHL if they had CHL, the major junior leagues and the AHL didn't have that weird agreement that they like can't play until... Can
0: they pull them up or r- right away? No, like they like have they to 20? make
1: the NHL roster and then I'm not sure if you can just immediately put them on the AHL roster. I'm sure there's some sort of agreement there. So kind of weird, but I know I'm saying that All because right, last yeah. year the Sharks kept them to like the very last day, but he was returned to junior early because he was traded because his team said they wanted to trade him. Um, and I almost asked him that when I saw him in person and we were talk- talking for a little while. I, was, I wanted to ask him, I was like, so where do you think you're going to end up playing next year? But I was like, that's probably like a little con- personal, personal or like kind of contentious, so I didn't say that. Um, but he ended up mm-hmm. with London, which is like a kind of powerhouse OHL team that always has a reputation for having great coaching that produce really high character guys. That's where uh, Chris Tierney came from. Um, and a lot of like John Tavares and a lot of a high character guys came out of that area as well as really talented. So very excited that he ended up with possibly the best club to fix his defensive and character woes. So looking high for him looking good. Um, I have now followed the London Knights solely for the purpose of getting highlights on him. So I'm excited. As, for as far as
0: our prospects go, Merkley's a little bit out in the future because you know he's yeah. gonna be with his uh junior team. Mm-hmm. But with with Ferraro and Liam, Leanne Bergman and uh some of these other guys, whether they're from the AHL or Europe or young guys coming up, like I said, I think the team is gonna be okay these first yeah. few weeks of the season. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna be good enough to be decent, mm-hmm. right? And in that time, Seeing some of these young players, whether it's that opening or two on D or the the winger spots, hopefully we see like another Donskoy story where you know Donskoy came into the league a few years ago, yeah. And like I said, he didn't really make it to the point that we wanted him to be at with the team, but mm-hmm. he was a fun, exciting, like new player, with <clears throat> yeah. The team. He had everything. And hopefully, there's something else that we can see, uh, with some of these new players yeah, coming he in. Had-
1: Everything except for the actual points on the board. Like his advanced <laughs> yeah. statistics were great. He played really well. Forechecked really well. He did everything really well, except for he just literally didn't have that scoring touch. And it was just like,
0: oh. But we will always remember him oh, for that uh, game fun! three overtime yes, winner. So good. <laughs> we were there. He, has, uh, he solidified himself in the uh, Sharks history because of that, totally. right? Um, I will say we forgot to – there's a
1: another player – so, Leon Bergman is doing really good. Johnny Brzezinski seems to have been doing pretty good. Gambrell seems was to be good. Oh, is the Russian yeah, guy? good. Suomela is good. So, that's uh, like Gambrell, Suomela, um, Brzezinski, and...
0: Is it your Tyken yeah, that you're thinking Bergman. of or whatever? So, there's
1: four players, and then there's also your Tyken. I can't remember. Yeah. Hey, we're probably butchering that, but that's how it's spelled. <clears throat> he looks really fun to watch.
0: It's kind of a cool name.
1: Yeah, I've, I've been able to catch him <laughs> on TV twice. Or on a stream uh-huh. or whatever twice, and he looks he looks shifty. He looks good, so I like him too. So I do. Th- and he's another pro player, <coughs> formerly pro player in a different league. I think he played in the KHL. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he played in uh, right? Lokomotiv, Yaroslavl. Mm. I think. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, I think that's good. Um, good for him. So I think there's probably about five different forwards that are vying for probably four spots. I think there's one on the fourth line to be had and there's three right wing spots. And, you know, maybe we'll carry an extra player or two Mm because right now we have 12 forwards in our contract or I'm looking at cat friendly. So this is probably all messed up because it's the off season and people are moving back and forth. But uh, yeah, Daniel, you're He's a 22 Mm -hmm. year old player and uh leon bergman is 20 so things are looking good we have some of these yeah and suamela is 25 so a little bit older but still on the younger side so even Mm -hmm. some of these kind of players coming in they're not like older players who are um you know uh who are just kind of kind of age out really quick like we have some high-end prospects not high-end we have some European free agents that could stick with the team for a while, like Donskoy did, and uh, Melker Carlson did, and um, did I say Donskoy already? Anyways, Sorensen. And Bergman yeah. had an article, an interview with Kurz, and he said the same exact thing that Suhomela did and all these other players did, saying that, like, oh, yeah, I chose the Sharks out of all the people when I was a free agent coming from Europe because they have a history of doing this and they give them a chance. They're doing really well. And it's like, yes, we have a factory. We have a European
0: free <laughs> agent signing factory.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool, man. Well, uh, I think that's good to wrap up. We're right about an hour. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening to people. who have uh, found this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever. Spotify. I think you can pretty much find us. on. Yeah. Of as of
1: right? like, I think the last two or three episodes,
0: we are like literally everywhere. Yep. Yeah. So that's good. Um if you want, you can give us a follow on Twitter. I'm at DMigs22. At
1: Ian said uh, so.
0: Yeah, and we have our podcast uh handle at, at underscore back to the point. Mm-hmm. So uh we're looking forward to the season. Um we'll probably record again another couple weeks, three weeks or so. That's your usual frequency, I would yep. say. And uh yeah. The season
1: yep. is starting. <laughs>
0: That'd be exciting. I think uh, I'll ramp up pretty quick, but right now I'm still kind yeah, of in that summer. honestly, summer mode a little. Until it's yeah. you,
1: because it doesn't yeah. stop until like April.
0: <laughs> it's not yeah, ending. It <laughs> All
1: right. Well, go sharks.
0: Go sharks. All right. Win the win the cup Yeah, this year. it's our year. Yeah. All right.
1: All right. All right bye-bye. Bye bye.